Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Step to the rhythm made out of brown paper, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. The quadruple is on for Manchester City. Claude Powell has been sacked. And in Liberia, George Weyer has been back among the goals. Good to have you, ladies and gentlemen, with us, the Football Ramble. Luke and Jimmy are here. Hello. All right. Good to be here. A little bit of Ronnie size to get things going. Absolutely, mate. You know? Uh, Mercury Prize winning. Uh, new forms. I first, am not. The first Ronnie size record. Oh. No, you're, you're not, but that's still to come for <laughs> yeah, you, Mark. Not, not yet. No. It's something I can fall back on. Yeah. You know, yeah. those kind of your things. Balls. Your, your bars. <laughs> I've always been more of an in-the-mode man, which is a follow-up round, but I know that's not a popular opinion, so people are going to pelter me for that. If anyone indeed knows what we're talking about, which they probably yeah, don't. Probably I thought that was some style. I'm more of an in-the-mode type of guy, just off the cuff. No, if, if, any, if, if, if a lot of our listeners are into you know Bristol-based, drum and bass and jungle, they'll know what we're talking about. If they're not, they probably won't. So uh, let's move on. But they're probably used to that by now. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. We're all into glugging lots of carabao. Now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, why not? Has the branding yeah. exercise worked? Is that what yeah. you're suggesting? Yeah, I, I think I've only just recently figured out what it is. It is not a company that organises knockout tournament football. Sorry, Mark. I feel energised just off the, <laughs> the energy in that side. You don't look energised. No, I don't. Really <laughs> I feel deathly ill. Oh, hey. red phlegm. It's not blood, but it's not good. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. It's Monday. No, that's, that's the Carabao tagline. Is that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be very pleased with yeah. their mention here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the the, the uh, Carabao Cup final happened and, and Manchester Marcus City pres- won it. Presumably Carabao are very happy with what happened with Kepa because people are still talking about it. Mm. Oh. it ordinarily, you'd think, I mean, being cynical here, you'd think it's a nil-nil, it went to penalties, Man City mm. won it, blah, 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 so boring. Um, but because of this Kepa thing... It's running and running and running, and people are going to be saying he did this in the Carabao Cup final. We will that. remember it for years. We, yeah, we probably will. Did you see what the goalkeeper did in the Carabao Cup final? It was absolutely hilarious. For example, unfortunately, people are all still calling it the League Cup final, aren't they? Yeah, so, that's oh, well. But you know, they've they've had their mention on this Rumble show. At least. Yeah. But uh, but um, the Milk Cup was settled on penalties, and uh, <laughs> for those who remember, uh, but yeah, Kepa, that was the story, wasn't it? Absolutely, that was the story, and it's a great shame because Chelsea equipped themselves well, having been thumped six nil. I mean, seldom do you get that when there's a, when there's a, a kind of an outrageous result against two sides, and a kind of result that, that shouldn't be from mm. from one uh, person's one side's point of view. It tends not to be the, the, a repeat because even even sorry people say we can't change and so on. You can't go into yeah. it. Like, you just and can't. also the atmosphere yeah. in a cup final is mm. different as well. I think you know the, yeah. the city approach it with a bit more caution as well. And actually, you know, the, the sad thing, as you say, that will be forgotten is um, 
Chelsea showed so much character yeah. in the latter stages of the game and also in the, in the entirety of extra time, I would argue. They looked like the more likely team to win it. They looked like, especially when they when they brought the subs on, they, they looked in control and, and sort of the most kind of um, kind of together team. But then throwing that sort of mental curveball into a situation like that right at the death, it just it just changes the mentality of the game completely. Yeah. And Chelsea yeah. tried to PR it and say, oh, it was just a misunderstanding and Kepa was actually explaining that he didn't need to come off and he was fine. But that's clearly nonsense, clearly absolute nonsense. So they PR'd it quite well, thanks to Sari, actually. Well, he, he, he dealt with it in any way he could. Before we get on to Kepa's thing, very quickly, just mm. to pick up on something you guys said there, he didn't change the, the formation. No. But he did change slightly how they approached the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they if you think of way Sarri likes to play being like an Italian style tiki tacker. they didn't play like that no, they no. played they were happy to soak it up and, and be compact and all that kind of thing and the, and the, and the they fact, didn't go pressing as well no exactly and the fact that he picked like em- I know he's picked Emerson a lot in the league cup this season but the fact that he picked Emerson for the final ahead of um, Alonso who, isn't been, who hasn't been the best defensively recently um, tells his own story but so it, it feels a bit like well, actually, it's an extension really of what Jim said. We could be talking about all these things. We could be talking about how Hazard was brilliant mm. and what really a job sort of, he did yeah, in that role. Yeah, and um, well, two other bits and pieces. But we're not. We're going to talk about Kepa because it was an extraordinary situation, really. It was. Yeah, I mean, clearly, the, the, I, I felt that him being injured. I mean, to me, that was just by the by because as soon as he got Caballero out and yeah. up, ready stripped off, you thought. Of course. Yeah, he's a penalty shooter specialist. And he used to play for them. Yeah. Mm. So that would get in Man City. He says, what a brilliant move. Mm. And I know there was that thing with the sort of the injury and whatnot, which seemed, I'm thinking that's coincidence that that happened. All he needed was some tonic water. He had some cramp. Get a bit of quinine in you, Mm. you'll be fine. Tonic water, put it in one of the Carabao cup um, bottles if you want. Maybe Carabao. Carabao, You'll be, it's like a power up again, (laughs) isn't it? Maybe that's what he had. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were all on it. Um, But, uh, with, with with the Kepa situation, you know, he then says, "No, no, no, I'm absolutely fine." Now, from from Kepa's point of view, the, the, what I wonder is, was that communicated? Because it did seem like a plan, well, yeah, to yeah. bring on Caballero, and it makes sense if you've got that substitution. Well, it's, it, it's a good point because if they had planned it before, then what Kepa's done is even worse. Yeah, because he's gone back on it. But the key, the key, but if he hasn't, but it, regardless of that, if it hasn't been planned in advance, and I suppose, I guess, a chance here, it wasn't. The, the, the important point isn't whether he was injured or not, Mark, so I agree with you. The point is, the manager is the manager. Yeah. And yeah. If, <laughs> if you are going to royally mug off your manager for whatever reason in front of the you know the watching 90,000 or whatever it was and 81,000 and the assembled millions watching at home, I mean, there's no real way back from that. I mean, I, I can understand why Sarri man- PR'd it as he did in public. Mm-hmm. But for me, I mean, regardless of the injury and regardless of... Kepa's side of the story there's a hierarchy at a football club mm. and the hierarchy is the manager makes the decisions and given the fact that Sarri's been under such pressure publicly pre- recently anyway in many ways it's symbolic of the issue at Chelsea the modern Chelsea right that would be straightforward cut and dry back in the day the manager would either put him in the reserve squad make him train with what they call it the bomb squad for mm-hmm. the next three months and say thanks very much we don't need you mm. but the club have got a history of not backing managers and also, he costs seventy-one million quid. <laughs> so it's a difficult thing to do. If it, if it, all things being equal, I think what should happen here is Kepper should. I know he's. I know he's sort of tried to make amends a little bit on his social media feed. But what he should do is make an official apology. Yeah. And say that he backs the manager again and, and look after him. And he should take a fine. And the um and he should take on the chin whatever Sarri decides to mm. do because Sarri is the manager. That's the only way yeah. Maurizio Sarri's authority is going to be restored. 
sadly, I feel like that may not, none of that stuff may yeah, not happen. Absolutely. Happen. I, I feel like as well, but re, like regardless of, as you say, of the injury of, of whatever the power dynamic there, your number is up on the board. Your number is up on the board. Get off the pitch. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. also the referee, I know the referee went over to Sarri to, to ask him what he wanted to do, but surely the referee has to go over and go, you, these are the basic off. rules well, of the game. A, Get a, off. It's a booking if you delay it. Yeah. yeah. But Sarri, and, and the reason we know this stuff isn't as they try to PR afterwards is purely because of Sarri's reaction at the oh, time, man, right? Yeah. Because otherwise human. he would have just gone, all oh, right, okay, fine then. Yeah. He, but he didn't do that. If I was Kepper, I'd have come out straight afterwards and said, ah, oh, I forgot about the extra sub and extra time. I was trying to tell them I couldn't come off. We'd done three already. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, do you agree with Chris Sutton when he said, oh, he should never play for the club again? Well, you know what? I mean, obviously it's not a terrible no, show. It's, it's a reasonable impression, the, by the way. It is. The £71 million thing is obviously, that, that obviously is an issue, factor. isn't it? But, but honestly, that, that is an absolute disgrace. If, if any any of us were in those in Sarri's shoes, which obviously we will never be, surely like training with the reserves for the rest of the season would be the first thing that comes to mind. Like You've got to earn your place back now. Yeah. But he is, I mean, you could argue that he's cost them the, the game there because I mean, it, it was a weak, uh, weak save for, or attempted save for Aguero's penalty for yeah. one thing. But also, like I said earlier, that throws such a massive curveball into, into the mentality of that shootout. Chelsea were on top before that. They actually looked the stronger game. They looked harder to beat than than, than City did in like in a, in a marginal way. Yeah, and uh, that is what the story is, and that's obviously in everyone's heads. I mean, Vincent Company after the game, like he, he, you know, he was, he was as professional as he, as he needed to be when he was asked if he'd ever seen anything like that before. He basically involuntarily laughed and said, "You know, of course I've never seen anything like mm. that before," and then moved on. It's like the, the situation. It, it's absurd. Like on this podcast between us, we support miscellaneous Arsenal, Portsmouth, and Newcastle. And with that in mind, I've been we can all uh, say, we can all say Chelsea are a joke. <laughs> like, it is a joke that they have well, people behaving like that. Do you transpose it across to the other side of the pitch? It's hard to say Chelsea one play. Yeah, no, but oh come on! But the situation with Sarri. Like the whole season, the way that you know that this is repeatedly happening with with managers. Happened Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. happened with Conte yeah. eating cigarettes on the side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's yeah. sorry, not Conte. But if you trans, Jim, if you transpose the situation across to the other side of the pitch, Man City are a high performing team, a lot of high paid players. Edison was expensive. Can you imagine Edison doing that to Guardiola? No, Quite, it would yeah. never happen. It would never happen. I just wonder if it was communicated beforehand. I'm I'm guessing it wasn't. So if, if, if Sari obviously had that in the, in the back of his mind let's bring on Caballero because that is a good idea like when you as I say when you saw that you thought oh, of course what a, what a good move that would be now he may well have chosen not to say that to Kepper because what if they make all three substitutions and it goes to penalties in the back of the, Kepper's mind he's thinking well the manager doesn't think I should be here do you know what I mean so, so maybe yeah. don't mention it to him maybe keep that yeah. really really close to his chest but, yeah so I, I reckon Kepa's probably not uh, aware of, of what he was trying to do. But for crying out loud, I don't know why Sari is then back down when the referees come over mm. and says, well, hang on, what something's got to give. Yeah. And, and he's given away. And then when, when um, uh, Caballero went back in the into his seat looking quite bemused, Sari then looked like to have a go at Caballero. <laughs> yeah. And that was a bit odd. And Caballero can't enter the field of play until Kepa's come well, off. Well, one of the things that the... Um that the uh, that the manager could have done a bit of an extreme act, reaction, but given that it was about to go to penalties anyway, and you're not going to have eleven penalties. I mean, when does that ever happen? It happens taking, once. Taking off an outfield player. No, <laughs> just, no, just say just say referee send him off then. If he's gonna, if he's not going to come off, I'm substituting him. Send him off. Hmm. And and 
substitute off a an outfield player, player for a goalkeeper. Mm. But the problem is that'd have been amazing. But the thing is, that's people who listen to this will automatically go, "Well, that's ridiculous. That'll cause such you know such ructions in this camp." Well, yeah. it's hard to think yeah, of a more there. sour note that that's ended on anyway. Yeah. But I think when you said you, you mentioned those two words, modern football, and you're right, years ago it would have been dealt with. But it shows you the power that Kepa knows. Kepa. It will be there until uh, it'll be there longer than Sarri and that's oh, all you completely. need to say yeah. I mean yeah, yeah absolutely right and, and and it shows you that Sarri's probably quite defeated the fact that he gave in the fact that he sort of very clearly went to walk down the tunnel and thought yeah. better of it as well yeah he, he I, gave I, I, in because there was still a, there was still a, a cup to be won and he's never won a major trophy and then in the press conference after to be fair to him in terms of in terms of if you're in the Chelsea camp the way he came out and PR'd it was very good he had a little chuckle oh, I don't want to talk about football no it was a misunderstanding injury I, to, for him to manage to go from one mood to the other was actually quite impressive. Yeah, really I mean, was. you wouldn't get Conte doing that, but then again, Conte would have walked on the pitch, grabbed him by the ear, and hauled him <laughs> yeah, off. You know? yeah. So that wouldn't but at least, Listen, it, Kepa, we've 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 dug you out a bit there, but. We were staring down the barrel of having nothing to talk about this game. <laughs> yeah. So, and we well just done. done nine minutes on that. In so, a way, we'd like to thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to mention Raheem Sterling's penalty. Yes. That uh, yeah, confident you, Gareth Southgate sitting in the stands going, "You're welcome, Manchester." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a great way to finish the shooting. It was, and Hazard's penalty deserves a mention. Oh as my well. goodness! Yeah, Actually, well, you expect that from Hazard, you, but you still, do, but you know, to execute it so well, I'm not sure I like the view of the penalty. I was being about to bring this up. The, I love it. I, just, I, I love it. It works really well, but I'm annoyed at why they've done it because the reason they've done it is because that's what kids are look, used to looking at at FIFA. Yeah. Is that the reason? I reckon it is. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. I don't yeah, know but, that. But. Okay. I, I mean, it's an interesting angle. I, I think that... But it's a much clearer angle for you to, for the viewer to be able to see what's happening. Yeah. That, yeah. that weird um, acute angle from the side of the pitch... Mm. Well, the you, one we've used to seen exactly, uh, years. and and it's it's fanciful, it's ridiculous, really, because you you you'll see the either the, the penalty will go in or it'll be saved or it'll be missed, but you never see how exactly that's happened until you see the replay. Hmm. So why not just show it from that angle anyway? I I, I have to admit the first couple of penalties I found it jarring, hmm. but after that I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, I agree. it it shows the quality of the penalties as yeah, well. Yeah. The, 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 um, the Hazard one, the Hazard one was yeah. ama- absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. I know. No, so no. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, what about Man City though? Another another trophy win. Yeah. I mean they love it, don't they? Just hoovering them up. Yeah, it's retaining the first one it. They've, it's the first one they've retained. I think apparently so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the quadruples on. Yeah, I mean, Gundogan was really interesting um, talking about that in the post-match because he just said, I, I think it's not really ideal for us to think about that. So it's, that's fine for other people to talk about it, but they can't be going around going, yeah, we're going to win the quadruple because that's, that's, mm. that is mad. But there's it? something, isn't there, about Manchester City, we, we, we will speak about Liverpool in just a moment, when you can tell that they say, well, we don't want to talk about the league title. <laughs> the league title. Yeah. It, 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 it's festering away with Manchester City, this idea of the quadruple. I know there was talk about it last season when they won the League Cup and the and the Premier League. But this season, again, you they just look like they're having a good time. The pressure's off yeah. in, in, in a weird sense. I, it will be an incredible achievement if they manage to do it, but they'll look at themselves in the FA Cup and think that is very winnable. Mm. Um, in the Premier League, again, we'll mention Liverpool, but they have the best squad in the land. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really the Champions League to me, which is the, the mm. most difficult well, it's, one. It's there. whether the... Um, the, the trials of those other competitions affects them so much in the Champions League because obviously depending yes. on the draw you get sooner or later you're going to come up against one of the drain, most draining games that you can of course but a, a huge problem City have now though is that um, Emmerich Laporte and um, Fernandinho went off injured and, and Pep Guardiola saying they both could be up for a number of weeks and yeah. obviously we know they don't have any other defensive minded midfielders at all <laughs> at the club they can't yeah. win so, I don't think they can win 
all of the trophies yeah. without Fernandinho. Yeah. He's too important. Mm. He's too, and, he, and we saw it when he missed a few games earlier in the season. There's other players like Stones we tried in there and Gondoyan who he tried in there as well. They're good mm. good players for Danilo different reasons. In the, in the, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is a... Uh, but, but they can't they can't bring the all-round skill to that role that Fernandinho brings, like receiving the ball in tight areas, giving it simple, but also covering the back four and all that kind of stuff. So It's playing in Europe, isn't it, when you're playing against yeah. quality opposition and they're they coming at him. you. They need it. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, let's go to the Premier League then. Manchester United and Liverpool didn't score any goals either. Uh, <laughs> it, it looked like Jurgen Klopp said to Solskjaer after the match, you know, what a shit game. Did he? It looked like he, he, he said mailed something, sort of he said something to him. It was something along those lines and, and, the, and then they shook hands. I mean, the, the story of that match was the injuries. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Because it disrupted the rhythm of it so much. It's so strange. It, it, it started off with, with a bang, didn't it? It started off being quite a good game and then it yeah. sort of petered out as the personnel changed so much. I was annoyed that David De Gea didn't get himself sent off. <laughs> just to spice things no, up an outfield player in goal in that game yeah that been, well yeah that is true but actually I was quite impressed by United's um, defensive quality really I mean Salah Firmino particularly had quiet games and mm. you, you you would be tempted to say oh you know well you know it's, they can't be brilliant every week but you know, I thought that the defensive line of United looked pretty solid. Shaw was absolutely fantastic. He was. Pogba put in a real shift going back. And, yeah. that, and that's how you know. Not good enough for Graham Sooners, though. No, well, quite. That's how you know that Solskjaer is more to meet, than meets the eye with him because Pogba really wants to play for him. And you yeah. could say, okay, well, he really wants to play for... He should he should want to play anyway. But he didn't do it under Mourinho. Mm-hmm. He, the irony yeah. being that Mourinho's a much more defensive coach than Solskjaer, yet Pogba didn't put any sort of shift in at all going back to the point where Mourinho wasn't happy with him. Now, I know there could be other political reasons for that, and indeed there were from what I've heard but at the same time he's showing now that he's capable of of putting in a shift going back towards his own goal and that he understands that you're not going to win every game two or three nil when you play against Mm -hmm. a good team even at home you need to you need to do your doggies, you know? Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if Solskjaer, I, I, I looked at him in his demeanour on the touchline and, and, and all the stuff you're saying there, Luke, about managing to, to get Pogba to put in a bit of a shift that we hadn't seen under Mourinho and whatnot. And I thought to myself, is Solskjaer, I mean, he's not been in the job that long and I understand that, uh, you know, he's at Manchester United and I think Ruud Hullet was mentioning this, that, that after Ferguson was always going to be a huge task. David Moyes didn't really... Um, acknowledge or, or maybe not acknowledge but didn't size up the job properly mm. uh, it was it was just too big a job for him as it is for the vast majority of managers yeah. um, Van Hal it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks he's got his way and he's going to come in and do that way the same with Mourinho to a lesser extent Solskjaer is, is more of the ethos of the, uh, of the club and, and so on and uh, but, with, but, but that aside I just wonder with Solskjaer as I say looking at his demeanour and so on I thought is this guy actually a great manager for this newer generation of younger players? More who, of a link, yeah. yeah who yeah. people say are a little bit more soft. Again, make what you will of that, but, but managers like Mourinho and so on get annoyed that players are not tough. He, he wants to manage the likes of Terry and Lampard, who, weird to think now, they're considered quite old school. Yeah. And, and he can batter them and, 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 and really hammer them and get something, a reaction from them. Whereas now, players, it, you know, seems more about the individual and so on. And I wonder if Scholzschild, with his more um, carrot-than-stick approach, perhaps, he has the stick, clearly, to, to, yeah, to, to use. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's that, a good point. I think that's probably accurate. But I think we need to un- wait and see. For we, their, we, of course. When they go for a difficult patch, how he reacts to that. Because we don't know enough mm. about it. I, I mean, look, there are people on Twitter who'll tell you they know all about Mulder. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so I don't know what he's managed yeah. to do in, in difficult times. Or even if he's had difficult times when he's been managing in, in Norway. 
But that, that point about the old school thing and how like Mourinho wants to dig players out, and we've heard situations of certain players been reduced to tears by Mourinho, and I'm sure other managers as well. Yeah. The reason it's easy to, to to use that as a stick to beat modern footballers. Oh, they're soft. They're this that. Really, yeah, rightly or wrongly, by the way. I, yeah, no, I no, of course, that, that, but that's yeah. not that's not that, saying that is not you, but people yeah. are saying that is nonsense anyway. Because really, employment in across the, the country has changed in a huge way since those times. I mean, you you, know, you can't you can't as a manager of a team in an office go in and start shouting at people. <laughs> yeah. It's just not acceptable anymore. You know, that kind of thing just doesn't go on anymore. Yeah. So there's no reason it should go on at an, 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 an employment at a football club as well. So I mean, Pete, Pete Donaldson does shout us, but he's not our manager. No, and he doesn't. I mean, we don't really listen. So, yeah, and so, also it feels like he's shouting at people that none of us can see. Yeah, that's probably true. So so it's only a reflection of the wider society. That's that's a fairly boring point, but one that's worth... No, 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 I, I, I think yeah. it's So, so uh, the game itself, uh, I thought Jim, Jim sent a message over it, uh, sort of halfway through the first half saying nothing's really going on, but it's good. And I agree, I think it was one of those games where it felt like it was high quality, but they mm. sort of cancelled each other out. It wasn't oh, one of those boring... So. I'm, I'm getting to the point now with the top teams where I don't know if you really see boring nil-nils anymore. Mm. Like, do you remember about... This is a very, very broad point, but a number of years ago, perhaps around the time we started the podcast, there were a lot of stalemates between the top teams. Yeah. Um, and then we went through a phase of it felt like where the top teams' games were <coughs> mad. Mm. There were goals all over the yeah. place. And now we're sort of settling again. Mm. But I don't think they're the same types of nil-nils as the ones back then. Yeah, I mean, in, in don't fact, me. it's been a while since we've even heard the term cancel each other out. I've just and said it. Yeah, well, I'm bringing, quite, it, I'm yeah, bringing exactly. sexy back. You, you, you are bringing, you're, well, you're bringing stalemates back, mm. which I, I don't know if you want to do. No, um, but it was an all right one. It was enough to get involved it, in. It wasn't, it, was, it wasn't quite a pulsating nil. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't, but the players no. were dropping like flies, so there's always something yeah, to get that, interested in That was in obviously there. weird, wasn't it? And I, I wonder, actually, uh, certainly in the second half at least, and it, it was Shakiri's very cynical foul on an already injured Marcus Rashford <laughs> um, that, that made me think this, but I wonder if in the second half it was Liverpool's priority to not lose the game. Um, I think so because I mean old uh, Rude Hullet lovely to see him on the television especially against uh, opposite Alan Shearer who he mugged off at Newcastle um yeah. It's always I always love to remind myself when they're on TV. I know it's been years ago and I know they've worked together many times, yeah. but it's always an enjoyable thought in the back of my head. Um should Liverpool be worried about their performance or the results? Because I know what you mean. They they just thought I think they thought to themselves, you know, okay, maybe this will do because they weren't pushing. They weren't going all guns blazing. I wonder if actually in a weird way that shows a little bit of maturity. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure if they were a bit... Kind of, if they had pushed too much they could have lost it. Although it's yeah, exactly. an interesting one because with Lukaku <clears throat> out wide and Rashford clearly on sort of like one leg. Um, yeah, I mean, you could argue that they, they were down that they were a little... Although Chris Smalling had a chance late on that annoyed me where he, <laughs> you know, he, he really really should have been he was annoyed at himself for not yeah. not having a, a swing at that that late cross when he should have done. But I just feel like if you're a team like Man United, you've got to lead better than that. Like that that was that was a perfect perfect sort of microcosmic example of why Smalling isn't a top level defender for me. That mm-hmm. he's been all right. He's been in the right form though. He yeah. has, but so, like um, you, you've got you got to step up there. Someone was on the radio. I was on the radio last week, and someone um, texted in saying they went uh, swimming with dolphins, and Red Hullet was there. Oh yeah, and I was like. Oh, that'd be annoying because you'd be looking forward to swimming with dolphins. I know what you mean. And the last thing you want is like a famous person there distracting your attention away because you're like, oh God, it's Rude Hullet. Especially if you're a big football fan. I think the last thing you want when you're swimming with dolphins is a famous person there. Yeah, I agree with you because you, when people say, oh, what was it like on holiday? Oh, oh we saw Rude Hullet. Yeah, that's, was, first, yeah. that's gone front and centre, hasn't it, straight away? Dolphins well, what can... are terribly randy creatures though. 
They, I well, don't know, imagine who Demi Moore once had an experience with one. Is that right? Yeah, they also have just pre- prehensile penises, which yeah. means they can grab things what? with them. I reckon, They're awful, awful beasts. I reckon Rude Hullet's quite excitable in the same <laughs> way. I think... Um, so they're taking, you're taking the attention of all the dolphins away, probably. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I mean, people, whoever had that experience should let us know what happened between Rude yeah. and the dolphins. But uh, I, I think that Rude Hullet... Rude, if you listen, if you're going to plan a holiday and you're going to do things like that, make sure you book the whole... Um, this was years ago as well, apparently, so you probably would have been really? even more famous oh, then. Yeah, make sure that you just book the tour guard on your own and, and yeah. there's no one else there. Speaking of famous, did you see that um, Alex Ferguson was sat with Ian McShane? I like was that. he really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah, notice it was, it was that. Great, no. very interesting. I imagine, like, I don't think he's getting that seat when he's Lovejoy. I mean, he's, he's earned that now that he's, Deadwood, you know, he's got some, some Hollywood. Deadwood, Dad 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 he's yeah, in Game of Thrones clout. as well. He is, he's, he's all over the place. Yeah, Very yeah. good actor. I mean, I'll chuck in John Wick. <laughs> John Wick? I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I, think, I think that means we must be taking an ad break now. We're talking about John Wick. Big time. We'll be back after the break with more Premier League. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Vos sabés de el Barcelona un montón de cosas que yo no sé. And he told me that you know more about Barcelona than, than me. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's lovely to have you with us still. It's time for emails with Jimmy C. Yes, oh, that, that's me. It it? Hang on a minute. Uh, I've got to find it. There we go. Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. Not the bees! Ah! You've got mail. Bad bees! Ah, oh, okay. Right. So, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of beef. Jim, you should, um, you should let this as though you've got a cough and a cold. Yeah, and that's why you feel a little, sound a little bit under par. Yeah, I think they've probably worked that out by <laughs> now. <laughs> From the off-mic coughing. Sorry about that. I'm doing my best. Right, so, um, morning, gents. Think a clarification may be required from Jim in last week's preview show as oh. to whether he meant to say ATAT or AT&T in his analogy. Oh, yeah. I call him at the, the I, Star Wars. Yeah, at, at the time. I missed that. So, he said AT&T, and I knew what you meant, but I didn't question it. Yeah. And then... I thought to myself on the way home, I grew up calling them Atats. I was yeah. called them an Atat. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, 
all-terrain attack vehicle. Yeah, attack vehicle. Something. Attack thing. Yeah, yeah. All-terrain attack thing. That's what it stands for. Connor D says, "I would like to point out that one is a four-legged machine and one is a telecommunications company." Count the legs. That's what Connor D says. Yeah, you're right. I messed up. Well It was it was one of those brain farts that happens. You see them regularly from footballers. It's never normally a problem when a brain fart happens on the show because one of the other three will pick it up. But in that rare occasion, that didn't happen. Yeah, we all let ourselves down. On that, this is from Matty Honey. Hi guys, great show as ever. I really enjoyed Luke's comments on the last show about the Burnley slash Spurs game where he said, can they go to the well and pull something out of the fire? There we uh, go. Kind regards, Matty Hummel. They, they, they digs all over the place from the listeners. I mean, that does Again, make... I see why Pete gets so angry. That does make me sound shit, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. He's okay. a mixed metaphor. It is. We've all no, done it. It's a bit like when we when I interviewed uh, Terry Brown, the order shop manager. Went, well, you know, football's uh, it's got a, a nasty habit of coming back round and stabbing you in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It happens, man. Yeah. Listen, we, uh, we do about 500 podcasts a year. We do. Matt Honeyman, who I think is a regular email, I recognise his name. Cut us a bit of slack. Exactly. Know, right? Yeah, I know. Well, the honeymoon period is over. Yeah. <laughs> cut, cut us a bit of um, rope. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking the boot in is very much a theme. Uh, it's not otherwise in this email. Have you got any more positive ones? <laughs> no. No, oh, okay, honestly, fine. this is a sticking the boot in We're more theme. All right, come on, let's have it. We've ever been. Is it Hi, guys. Turn? Just sat here pondering the United-Liverpool game and I feel that the recent spate of United injuries is a result of the changeover of Jose's tactics to Ollie's. Jose's teams never played with pressing and counter-attacking, so with the players being used to Jose's tactics and slow style of play for two and a bit years, having been playing the Ollie way for six to eight weeks, is that starting to catch up on the United players' bodies? That's from Chris Sandal in right, yeah. I mean, what else can we blame Jose Mourinho for? I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, is there any... any well, I don't is think there any really fairness in that? I don't think it's a question of, of the players aren't fit enough. Is there? I mean, no. Mourinho's a top-level coach and he's got top-level fitness coach as well. I, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, the, the reality is they've got a very good record under Solskjaer and they've only come unstuck against pretty PSG. good teams. Yeah, PSG, Liverpool. And, and even if you want to call it unstuck because they've got a draw well, got a point. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, so. Burnley, got a oh, point. True, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Any more beef, Jim? Yeah. We need to deal with couple, this. A couple bit, bits more. Actually, this one is... Um, more sticking the boot in from our end. Okay. Sorry, Chelsea fans. Um, <laughs> You're not sorry. That's nah, the thing. not at all. Dear Ramblers, further to your chat about overcooked slash underprepared slash aggressively volleyed pies at football matches, I thought I would give you some details about a very strange occurrence that was bestowed upon me at the Chelsea Malmo game on Thursday. Prior to the game, I got myself a chicken and leek pie with a healthy portion of chips from a stand in the lower section of the West Stand at Stamford Bridge. I brought my pie to my seat and proceeded to consume it during the first half of the match. Obviously, I did not think much of this action as it is well known that eating pies at football matches is a very frequent and normal occurrence. However, at the beginning of half-time, I placed my remaining chips on the floor in order to stretch my back. At this point... (laughs) Yeah, lovely detail, that. At this point, the man sat next to me, West Stand Lower, Block 3, Row 4, Seat 67, proceeded (laughs) to ask if I would be keeping hold of my chips for the second half. I responded yes, as I wanted to nibble on a few during the remainder of the match. I believe that he was asking if he could have a few, so I proceeded to offer him a few of the chips. He said no, and that the reason he was asking was that it was antisocial for me to have my pie and chips in the stands and that the stench was upsetting him. Naturally, I was stunned by this response and proceeded to explain why I thought he was being unreasonable. Anyway, he was not backing down and I proceeded to discard the remainder 
remainder of my chips after getting bored of the argument. I was wondering whether such esteemed football managers yourselves agree that having a pie and chips during a match is normal, and furthermore, whether the strange man sat next to me was being totally unreasonable. A shocked and confused Chelsea, sorry, fan, Zach Benny. Zach, you are absolutely right yeah. there. That is mad. Yeah. yeah. That, that man is... Snowflake. Yeah, he is a, <laughs> he's probably annoyed that Uber are ruining his livelihood, as we've said many times. <laughs> Jim, um, you were giving, Jim, Jim, you were going to get so much stick from Chelsea fans today. <sighs> Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, I, th- I think that's a yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy sounds a bit like a sociopath, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the I thing, agree. the thing is, you have to be considerate to the people around you, though. So, for all we know, Zach might be a really messy, noisy, smelly eater, True. and it's annoyed him. Hmm. So, you'll be doing weird things with the chips. If you're listening and you're the other guy on the other end of that argument, get in touch, and we'll and we'll put it to a put it to a vote. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got I've got one more. One more from just, Jimmy, uh, just to blow my blow my ass up. Um, hi guys, love the show. It was interesting in Luke talking about judging Sarri not only on his team, uh, sorry, not only on his time in England. I think that's completely fair. But was wondering why the history of homophobia and sexism that Sarri had in Italy hasn't been mentioned Ooh. by anyone in England, and how top clubs can keep employing such bigoted characters in 2019. Also, his cigarette and the touchline thing is just deeply, deeply embarrassing. That's from Christopher Knight. So um, the, have that Chelsea. The um the shoot simple answers I didn't know about it. I have to go look it up. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, if you want to like, get a European take on that, you can listen to on the continent on yeah. Wednesday, and maybe we'll put it to James Horncastle find out what he thinks about it. But we'll have to find out some detail. Jim, it's unsettled me how professional and serious the email section is when you do it. Yeah. And I have to say I was wholly unprepared for that. Uh huh. <laughs> All agreed. Can we get Pete back soon? We can. <laughs> uh, we can move on uh, to the Premier League or go back to the Premier League where uh, Leicester City lost 4 1 at home to Crystal Palace. Claude Buell has been sacked. Yeah. He's gone. Let's talk of Brendan I mean, Rodgers. Can, uh, can I do a quick joke? Please. They were saying Buell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, yeah. uh, it was a duel that he was never going to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, Claude Buell, he's sort of finally gone. You got what the, you wanted, Leicester fans. I, do you know, I wonder that had they have lost that game 2 1, would he have been sacked? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you watch the game, though? I, yes, I saw it. It was fascinating. It was. That, I mean, that was that was a one nil to Leicester on the balance of play. It's ab- <laughs> absolutely fascinating. Well, that's it. Like, I I just wonder that that when the the board have have thought to themselves, right, not going that well with this manager. Are we going to do it? Are we not? Are we? At 2-1 if they think oh, if we lose 2-1 alright well maybe we'll give them next week do you know what I mean I wonder how impulsive it is mm. when you actually get an embarrassing result I wonder, I mean they could have someone lined up there definitely is a feeling of the straw that it's the straw that breaks the camel's back and exactly speaking of having people lined up there's talk of Brendan Rodgers but apparently Brendan Rodgers has already said he won't consider moving till the end of the season yeah I think that's probably so they'll have to either interim someone Appleton maybe then, um Possibly. Is he still there? I, think, I mean, he was mentioned in the running. Oh, he must still be there. Um, and um, and there's also been talk of Benitez as well. Newcastle but, fans would be gutted. Yeah, but presumably Benitez just wants to get out of there. So yeah. that's probably why. If they want to make an appointment straight away, they can. But but just to going back to the, the decision, obviously we've been critical of Leicester fans on the show more recently. And now that Puel's moved on, we could perhaps look back at it in the rearview mirror a bit more... You know, a bit more in the round, I suppose. I mean, they've been on a terrible run. Mm. I take the point that a few people, Leicester fans got in touch with me about really the League Cup, where if they played a stronger team against a weakened Man City team, they could have beaten them. They came very close to beating them anyway, and they would have got Burton in the semi-final, and they could have been in the cup final yesterday. Mm-hmm. For a club team like Leicester, that's that's massive. Huge. I could understand why that's frustrating. That's something that comes up time and time again among fans of clubs of this size. We want a cup run. We won the. We, we should be doing better in the cups. We should prioritise the cups more because yeah. we know realistically we're not going to be relegated. It's the best they can hope for, etc. You know. And the final point is just quickly that um, he has 
that he had that issue with Casper Schmeichel last week, but there's also a feeling that he's not the guy to turn around a bad run. He's just no. not inspirational enough. Now, I don't know if that's true. I can understand why people um, don't warm to him because a lot of football is about the cult of personality these days. A lot of the big name managers are personal brands in their own right, and obviously he isn't that. He's just not that kind of guy. So, but the thing is, I do feel a bit sorry for him. But on the other hand, I haven't had to sit through watching Leicester. So, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm. I'm I mean, I'm it, it was an incredibly strange performance from them. Um, James Madison, in particular, his, his end product seemed to be way off. Well, he's he's, he's, he's drifted. He's drifted. Yeah, he, he started has. the season so well, yeah. and he's drifted. And um, and and really, a game at home to Crystal Palace, who are very much in that mold of team that. You know, you would see a Crystal Palace game at home and say that's a winnable game for oh, us. Yeah. It just has to be but to be hammered as well. Yeah. I think I think Boyle's comments after the game. I know that he's quite a softly spoken man, and I've talked about my uh, love for his voice. Mm. But that aside, uh, his comments are a bit. Uh, I can understand why the fans are a bit upset. You know, it, mm. it, it's, it's too though, relaxed, it? and yeah, I mean, I understand not all people are blood guts and thunder. I get that, but it, it's it reminded me a little bit of um, the former Southampton manager. Was it? Uh, man- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Pellegrino. Pellegrino, who was a bit sort of, yeah, but I'm still the manager. I'm still here. It was too relaxed. Yeah. It, the whole thing. And I just thought, I understand that the, the great manager might not be able to give great interviews and all the rest of it. But, you know, it, it's, a bit it's, like, it's a bit like being a prime minister. You know, again, we'll just you, you need to be better at your own PR and all that kind and, of and, stuff. And the kind of thing that's interesting, I mean, of course, on the cup point, Leicester Rubble knocked out the FA Cup by Newport as well, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on that, if you watch the Sunderland, Documentary. I've got no particular reason to stick the boot in the Simon Grayson. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, and you know all the rest of it. I was absolutely stunned how uninspirational he was behind the scenes. Yeah. And then when Chris Coleman comes in, and you make what you will of Chris Coleman. He's he's had some success in his career. He's had some difficulties as well. He was exactly as you described there. He was properly a, a people person. He was getting to know everyone mm-hmm. in the staff. He was a good firm handshake. It was you could see people, mm-hmm. football players, look at him going right. I can work for him. No, and that didn't work out for him either. But to me. There were lots of different reasons why Sunderland are in the situation they were in, but I was absolutely stunned that Simon Grayson was the same behind the scenes as he was to camera because I know, we know through bitter experience a lot of the time, it's not easy to be great on camera. It can be very, very difficult. I wonder if Claude Puel was just a, a fairly uninspirational figure and at key moments, the FA Cup, the League Cup, this run they're running, the Premier League, the issue was Cashbush Michael just meant that he was, yeah. he was yeah. toast. I, I also feel like you've you got to look at a game like that. I think it's actually pretty tactically naive to to overload on the on the front foot as they did and just allow a team with such sort of counter-attacking talent with with Zaha Townsend and and, and Batshuayi in there um to, to just do what they did you play right into their hands Batshuayi was loving that goal like all you need when they say all you need is one to go in off your yeah. backside yeah. you knew nothing about that they did quite well to react you could argue but yeah, what a win for Roy Hodgson <clears throat> became the oldest manager to manage in the Premier League at 71 years and 198 days old took it from uh, Bobby Robson uh, he did yes uh, Palace they're up to 13th now mm. on 30 points we expected Palace to start pulling away it looks as though they're they're about to do that the same with Burnley yeah. as well what a win their great run continues Unbelievable stuff. Pochettino in Mike Dean's. You don't do that to a man like Mike Dean. No. I'm absolutely desperate to know what Mike Dean said. Mm. Well, I think, again, well, reading is hard enough as it is, especially... Spurs' assistant manager, whose yeah. name escapes me at the moment. It might have been... Is it Pedro Mendes? I can't remember his name. It may be. Uh, he... he, um, he um, you could hear him saying to Mike Dean, you can't say that. You shouldn't say that. You can't say that. And Mike Dean's going, go away, go away, go away. Mike Dean... Being Mike Dean, yep. I'm absolutely sure of it, said something 
a little bit naughty or a little bit cheeky, and they both exploded. Pochettino afterwards said, I shouldn't have done it, it was my fault, it's an mm-hmm. overreaction, etc. And it was. Yeah. Well, no, no, absolutely, but, but yeah. what I'm saying is, I would be fascinated to know what Mike Dean said, because if he said anything inflammatory at all, to me, that is a dereliction of duty well, did, from a referee. Did you hear the rumour? No, uh, I haven't. The rumour is that he said um, the Lorente substitution didn't work out before you did it. Right. But, I mean, that's like a Twitter rumour. So okay. it, it, so it, it what, could be absolutely anything. Say that again. Uh, the the rumour is that Mike Dean said, oh, that Lorente substitution didn't work out for you, did it? And that's pr- presumably in response to Pochettino making some angry comments. I can't imagine. No, well, uh, yeah, but... Uh, who, I can't imagine knows? it, it's impossible but if tonight. I could imagine any referee saying it, it would have... Well, indeed, the, because, the I mean, is, a good example would be the Jay Rodriguez thing. Oh, you weren't like this before you played for England. Was that, that, was that, that, that that, that's Clattenburg. Oh, right, well, so, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Clattenburgs and Dean are different. But, 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 well, they are similar in a sense, But hang on, this is, this, this is not about Dean. This is about Pochettino. Yeah. He shouldn't be doing that. And, oh, and, and what, even, whatever Mike Dean said. Now, fair enough, Pochettino has apologised. But the reason why Pochettino reacted like that is, in his own words, Spurs have, have, have blown the title. But I, think, but I think that was a clever move from Pochettino to say that. I'll tell you why. I think that the pressure they've been under, the fact they've lost, had their... You know their their best striker out injured. They've had issues with personnel. They've been pulled into this title race. If he says that to his team, maybe he's just seeing him getting too hot up about it. Maybe mm. he's just saying behind the scenes, mm-hmm. we seem to relax a bit. Now he can say to them, he say in public, so the players can see it. Title's gone now. Don't have a go at Deeney. No, when you have a go at a man like Mike Dean, no. <laughs> yeah. You've gone too far. He's lost the dressing room pot after that. Yeah. The only man there there to see is Dino. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think there is an argument, though, that perhaps um, in chasing the game and trying to win it, they've almost forgotten not to lose it. Well, because by, by they've, got to, they've got to go to win. They've got to go to they win. They do have yeah, to go but, to win. Easier I mean, said than done when Tom Heaton's in goal. Yeah, absolutely. You've, <laughs> you've got to go to win, but you've within that attempt to win, you've also got to remember to, to keep it tight enough that you don't go and lose the game, which is exactly what they did. And obviously, Burnley got a little bit of fortune with the, the scuff in the build-up to, to Ashley Barnes's goal. Well, they got fortunate with the corner as well, by the way. Yeah, they yeah. did. But that, I mean, yeah. the, the, those decisions can happen. In Court, no, absolutely. And I always say this. It's not a big one. In modern football, the way the scrutiny is these days and the way referees um, are demoted and taken out of rotation, to me, by the way, not enough, but it does happen. The amount of scrutiny, the amount of cameras, a referee can't really lose you the game. If the referee loses you the game, it's because you haven't done enough. Mm. I, I think it's a convenient excuse. And, and you're right what you say there with the corner. It was a poor decision. It looked to me. I don't know why people were saying it was it was a little bit difficult to work it out. To me, it definitely came off um, mm-hmm. um, the, the player. And so... That that's that's a fact, but of course they don't lose the game because of that. Yeah, I mean, lost the game didn't take a It's frustrating for Spurs because they could have been what 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 would they have been? Two points off a top, they would have been two. Oh, they would, uh, three, three points, points three points off, three points off, two points off Manchester. Yeah. I mean, they're six points off now, which you know isn't unassailable. I know. But, I mean, it's unlikely. It, it's very very frustrating <laughs> if you're a Spurs fan, net. and that that is a, a chance so gone. I, really, I still think though, Marcus, six points off a top, eleven games left. You're not out of it. Still in that. I, I don't, and I don't think... The reason I said what I said about Pochettino is because I don't think he thinks they're out of it either. All right. A bit like Ashley Barnes and the Austria national team, there's still a chance. Mm. Yes. There's still... I would love that. A ch- We'd I all love su- it. I was surprised to hear that was even possible. Yeah, he plays, he's played he, once for their under-20s, which right. I think was a substitute. Appearance. I haven't spent enough time researching Ashley Barnes' career, even when he was linked with Chelsea that time. I like Barnes. I think he's a well, good... So, so you don't research Ashley Barnes and you don't know anything about Mulder? No. What you've been <laughs> doing on a football podcast? I know, I know. Mulder is bad if it's in your house. <laughs> 
but if it's in the Norwegian Football League, you it's started okay. that without thinking where you were going, <laughs> and I that's you why I admire it. A cheese route. A lot of people would uh, yeah. think about that in their mind and go, "No, I'm not going to go with that. No. I don't know where I'm going with it." A lot of people think about it in their mind and go, I, "I think I'll listen to something else." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go for a quick break then, Jim, and hopefully everyone forgets it when we come back. See you in a minute. Sets up the dubious penalty shot. Welcome back, dear friends. Now then, the preview show sponsored by Bet365 will be out on Thursday. We need a new person in the betting hot seat, Luke Moore. Yes, we do. Chris King, You, your time has come to an end. You yeah. let us all down and yourself uh, <laughs> trying to get a, um, a Spurs win. Didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, the although, although they were Long live a, a different king. Yeah, quite. They were drawing at half time, which is what he want, we wanted, but they didn't go on to win the game. So mm. we need a new one. Show at thefootballramble.com is the email with best bet in the title, and we'll pick a new one for Thursday. We will do. Now then, uh, it's championship time. Norwich beat Bristol City 3 2. They came back from being 2 1 down. Great win for Norwich. Lovely winner uh, as well. They, they, they're getting the goals against a side like Bristol City. Don't concede too many. A good yeah. win for them, Jim. They, it's a great win for them and also they look um, confident don't yes. they you, at this stage of the season it tends to be um, I, I, I'm astounded by the consistency of this as well the, the, a team sort of emerges as the team that are playing the free flowing sort of mm-hmm. Barcelona of the championship oh. style football. Oh. when Leicester came up they did it when, when Bournemouth Fulham came, came up, up they, they did, did it when Fulham did do that did. yeah and Norwich are doing that now as well and, 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 and do you know what actually and obviously Wolves last season of course Fulham. of course uh, and Wolves is a rare situation where they've come up and they've just taken uh, to the Premier League like a duck to water yes the big signings of help and so on but with the example of Fulham this season throwing lots and lots of money at it doesn't always work uh, but you, when you see Norwich playing like that and the football they're playing part of me does sort of think and I'm reminded of Fulham last season where you sort of think oh, that'll all have to end if you go up mm. and it's yeah, weird isn't mean. it it's so weird yeah. that actually a side uh, like Norwich who play quite exciting stuff you know if they get promoted then it's so hard to shift from one style yeah. of football to the other. Uh, so so I, I wonder if, you know, because say take Middlesbrough beat QPR 2-0, they're not conceding many, they don't score that many, they're yeah. still in contention for automatic promotion, but you would probably say playoff yeah. uh, at the moment. I wonder if in a weird way they're more equipped it's, for the Premier League. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, of course. And we've almost arguably seen that with Cardiff this season. Yeah, yes. definitely. But the, um, the top two automatic... Um, places are surely going to go to either Norwich, Leeds and, or Sheffield United well, Sheffield United um, big win at West Brom it's massive for them um, I'll comment on that in a second but yeah, yeah. that Norwich thing really, very quickly last season they couldn't put any consistency together they kept going for these runs of being really poor under Farker and, and the second half of the season in particular they were bad they ended up finishing mid-table and finished mm. about 14th so it's pleasing for Norwich fans to see them being consistent this year and, and really tweaking it learning from their mistakes I think now they've lost one in eight in the league yeah. so it's good um, on the Middlesbrough on the um, West Brom thing great yeah. win with Sheffield United but the interview with Darren Moore afterwards was fascinating as he said oh it's a long time since we've gone um, without scoring at home yep. I think it's right I don't know exactly how long but it sounds right to me but they're scoring a lot of goals West Brom they are and he said to us it just it just looked like a game too far yeah. we were a bit jaded we didn't mm. get going and and that's worrying because we know the games come thick and fast in the championship. They're, they're, they are the best placed outside of those top three to do something in in the uh, in the automatic promotion places, and they go away to Leeds next. So yeah, they do. They need to sort themselves out. They've got a week. Um, I think it's a week anyway. Um, and they they need to reset themselves and go to Leeds because that's going to be very very hard. If West Brom win at Leeds, 
It's open again. Why? It is, yeah. Well, well, Sheffield United, it's a chance for Sheffield United to put a little bit of distance, but they are playing the Steel City Derby. Uh, I think it's next Monday. What a week it's going to be in the championship. It is, yeah. Uh, Middlesbrough beating QPR 2-0, as, as, as we said earlier. Uh, and they have a game in hand on the top two and would move to just four points off them if they were to win it. Uh, I know Leeds have got a game in hand as well. But poor old QPR. Now, do you remember at the start of the season they had a disaster and uh, we were thinking, oh, McLaren, they're shipping goals and whatnot. Then they turned it round and actually started playing quite well. Well, they've lost seven on the bounce in the league. The, the last win they had was uh, on was Boxing Day. Um so it was Portsmouth in the Cup. It was in the Cup, but in the league yeah, I'm no, talking I about here. I was just trying to get a mention of them in there. Yeah, don't worry, your statutory mention is, is, is <laughs> the box is ticked. Uh, so, yeah, borrow QPR and McLaren. Yeah, that's well, the, the well, fortunately QPR, you wonder, you wonder, sorry, Malcolm, you wonder if QPR is in that mould of Claude Puel, where you think, can he turn it around? Now, I know they started off badly, but they didn't lose. But they did turn it around for a bit. But they didn't lose loads of games in a row. They no. lost two or three here and there, and they had a big defeat against West Brom yeah. Yeah. earlier in the season. They've not gone, this is the worst run they've had all season. And for, I always think to myself, you know, possibly unfairly, because he's won, he's won titles in, in Holland. He's a coach, not a manager. Mm. And you wonder whether he's got that personal people side to his game, the man-manager yeah, yeah, side yeah, of his game, yeah, to yeah. turn it around. Because a lot of football, a lot of anything, is about having confidence. He should have, he should have, he was very unlucky not to take Derby up. But that seems to be like a more of a one-off. True. Mm. But you, you know, I don't want to get like proper football man and be sort of antiquated about it. But there is something to be said, I think, for when you're in a bad run, mm. you just empathise with the situation. So you go to the training ground, yeah, yeah. everyone feels probably that it doesn't matter how much you work on that shape or that set piece or that training drill there, it's not going to work unless someone gets right amongst you. Alex Ferguson was a brilliant coach because and a brilliant manager because he combined all those things. He had a great set, assistant manager to do all that coaching stuff, but he just he could understand people. And a lot of it's to do with that, and I wonder whether that's the area of management Steve McLaren falls short in. You need to be an inspirational leader. Exactly. You need to have you confidence. <laughs> you need to have heard. You need to have confidence and you need to have people who believe in you. And on that note, we go to the WhatsApp group. Oh yes. You got a little jingle for that, Pete? WhatsApp! Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, we mentioned George Ware at the start of the show, speaking mm-hmm. of inspirational leaders. Well, this was from last week, but my goodness, I thought we cannot ignore this. Mm. Uh, George Ware, the president, the president, the president mm. of Liberia and former FIFA World Footballer of the Year, still plays when he can on Saturdays, according to the BBC. Mike Thompson, reporting for the BBC, said that he went to Liberia to interview George Ware, and he, and he said that uh, Ware was a Apparently meant to be in Madagascar uh, at, at one uh, particular moment, but uh, instead um, played a game of football. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? Um, well, Thompson, the, the reporter, he said he went to the Ministry of Defence and he was thinking, this is a bit strange. Why are we going in? They go in, there's a football pitch there, and I presume it's the home pitch for the team called the Weyer All Stars. Nice. Yeah. So this is the Ministry of Defenders, perhaps? <laughs> You know, yeah, they uh, they don't concede many. No. The teams that George Ware's played for are amazing. Yeah, have you ever bothered looking at the list? Is this oh, a man. game? <laughs> this is one of your games, isn't it? Young Survivors, Clara Town, nice. Bong Range United, mm-hmm. 
Invincible 11. When are we going to get to Monaco? Yeah, then Monaco. No, (laughs) yeah, he's playing for some amazing team. Well, he's playing for the Wire All-Stars at the moment. Yeah. Um, So uh, the the, the reporter said that uh, he sits down, the game starts playing, there's someone commentating over the PA system and referring to George Ware as his excellency. Mm. Um, And the match was played against a team of former local professional players. And um, and the report wondered why no one was trying to tackle George Ware, and he thought to himself, "Well, obviously you're not going to tackle him." Fifty-two-year-old George Ware. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is he's thinking to himself, "This must be some sort of presidential privilege, you know." And he went over at halftime to ask George Ware to see if this was uh, as he suspected. And uh, the reply from Ware was, "No, no, 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 no. They're afraid to mark me because I'm the best dribbler, and if they try, they will dislocate some of their body. I'm very fancy." <laughs> I'm sorry, but if he thinks... Now, don't get me wrong, a phenomenal player at yeah. the height of his powers, yeah. but no 52-year-old man is twisting up some other opposition mm. player to the point of he dislocates his joints. I love the oh, idea yeah. that anybody would, would not try to tackle somebody because they were too fancy. Yeah. That's reason to tackle them. What did Christopher Ray say? Well, uh, yeah, so Christopher Ray, uh, Jim, you'll remember him, former Arsenal player. Vaguely. Of yeah. Scored the winning goal in an FA Cup semi-final, yeah. I believe. Um, so moment. have a bit of respect moment. yeah <laughs> well he's had another moment here he is the coach of this team so you know he's still in the he's still so, so he coaches a team that George Weyer turns up to have a regular run about <laughs> run out named, and it's named after George Weyer he coaches yeah, I mean, the George Weyer vanity project <laughs> One he didn't seem the type, did he? <laughs> no, he really didn't. <laughs> I feel that George Weir in a manager is looking. He's looking for a yes man. Yeah, <laughs> he's, not, he's not. He's not even looking for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's looking for Christopher yeah. Ray. Does he? Play, does he does George, his cousin? Does George Weir play up front with his cousin? You'd imagine so. Well, George Weir is the real top cousin or Ali, Ali, Ali Dia? Dia? Oh yeah. yeah, George Weir is the top scorer for this side, as you could imagine. Can Ali Dia not even get in the George Weir All Star? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who their starting lineup. I don't even know who they got on the bench. Um, but Christopher Ray was perhaps a little bit more honest when uh, when when Mike Thompson, the, the reporter, asked him why no one was tackling George Weir, and he said, "No one tackles him. We do advise the team that you don't go into a tackle with the president. You avoid contact. No contact with the president. Anyway, he's in now, so be quiet." <laughs> George Weir walks no past. What, are you with saying? what were you saying? <laughs> Nothing. I sound that you're a brilliant dribbler and you're very fancy. Sacked in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got 100% record. Yeah. nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, so I played for Milan and I was the, uh, you know, world player of the year and all that. And uh, now I just like playing for people against people who won't tackle me. You know. Do you reckon he plays a video of that goal of him scoring from his own penalty area? Yeah, look. That's, they... what, that's what I want from you today. <laughs> yeah. Just there's a bit in the middle of the park. I know I someone tried right to tackle yeah. me, and you'll see that they nearly stopped an amazing goal. Yeah. We don't want people to get in the way <laughs> no, of yeah. great football. And We're not going known, home until we've recreated it. A little known fact. I'm not going to Madagascar. <laughs> I don't care if it's a summit for all the African leaders. We're staying here until we get this right. And a little known fact, that guy who tried to tackle in the halfway line then, he dislocated every one of his joints. (laughs) Do do it at your own risk. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Yeah, It's it's very fancy. It is very, very fancy. But do uh, check out that... uh, that report or that, or that article as well written by Mike well, we, Thompson we've given you the salient points oh, no, but yeah I, I think so I think so is he being a responsible leader for the country again those points are perhaps addressed uh, it's not for there. us to decide not for we us just to do decide. the football and the stupid stuff it's a great it's a great job we haven't got to worry about that <laughs> we don't and on that note we're going to get out of here ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble the preview show is of course out on Thursday thank you Luke Moore thank you very much thank you Jim Campbell thank you guys. and thank you listeners we'll see you on Thursday
This was a Radio Stakhanov production. Radio Stakhanov production.